All right, so you got your master's at U of A, correct? That's right. All right, and so you're out. Uh, did you did you say that it was in economics? It was. That's right. Okay, but you're out talking to people now about freedom of speech. How did you get from economics over to freedom of speech? Well, economics uh, lends itself to talking about uh, a number of education issues, particularly uh, private school choice, but also uh, how we deal with student loan debt, for example, and a number of higher education issues involving um, uh, not just loans, but also uh, access to uh, to colleges, especially for students who may or may not be ready. So as you you know take a further step along, the issue today that is really hot uh, and troubling, I think, to those of us that value freedom is that freedom of of speech and expression is under attack on college campuses around the country. Yeah, I had campus reform on uh, here recently, and we talked specifically about this topic. Let me, I'm going to digress just for a moment, because you talk economics and freedom of speech, and we're going to talk about higher education. In our country, they want you to have a college degree now, basically. It's almost like when I was a, a young man, you had to have a high school degree. But a high school degree didn't cost you multiple tens of thousands of dollars to get. And kids come out of college now way in debt, way in debt. Is, is it worth to go get a, a college degree now? Well, for some students it is, and I think the the issue is that we don't need, it's not for someone outside um, a specific student situation to decide, right? I think we need to make it possible for students to have lots of choices when they finish high school, right? Vocational school, go right into the workforce, or pursue a four-year degree. I don't think that we should be, uh, you know, narrowly pushing kids to go after something that they're not ready for or don't feel like that they want to pursue. Well, but colleges build all these big edifices now and they need warm butts in those seats so they have made it exceptionally easy to get in college well you spend that money that the government gives you or the loans that you you secure and uh, you get a couple years in and suddenly you find out i don't have what it takes to do this but you're still on the hook for a lot of money I mean, are we being honest with the kids that are out there? Well, and, and as you may know, I mean, most of these loans are underwritten by the federal government. Yes. The private loan market is remarkably small. Because um, so they know better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, look, we need to have high-quality K-12 schools to prepare students for whatever's going to come after high school. And so there is a, a, a an issue of making sure that parents have quality choices in education for their children, whether that be private schools, which are in Arkansas, of course, uh, whether that be quality private schools or whether that be access to private schools through education savings accounts or, you know, private school scholarships. So that's a that's a big step, right? The part of solving the post-secondary issue is preparing students at the K-12 level. Well, I'll be honest with you. I don't, my kids have all grown up now. If they were in their, in the high school and they started looking at college, there are certain colleges that I would draw a line through them immediately, and it's getting that uh, the availability of the schools that I would want my children to go to is getting smaller and smaller because the uh, administrations of a lot of these schools have kowtowed to the left. I mean, look at the University of Missouri 
They say you go to the University of Missouri after what happened the last couple of years, and they've got dorm rooms out the yin-yang right now that are not full because people are not going to subject their children to that, what they don't understand. That's kind of the way it is at the majority of colleges in the United States, and they are attacking our First Amendment rights. And if you're a conservative, you're firmly in the crosshairs for them. That's right. And the good news is there is legislation uh, around the country that is working on protecting free speech on campus. North Carolina was the first to really address this in a solid way last year. Uh, The Wisconsin Board of Regents also adopted, so the governing board for the University of Wisconsin also adopted policies to protect free speech. What are the policies, though? Are they putting these administrations on notice? You know, screw the safe zones, you know, you go to college to be challenged, not to be coddled and told what you believe is the only belief system out there. That's right. And some of the ideas that we developed at the Goldwater Institute over the past year, and as I have written about at the Heritage Foundation, are that uh, free speech zones are certainly a problem, right? They're, they're named uh, mis- it's a misnomer, right, to call them free speech zones. They actually limit freedom of well, speech. Well, of course it is. Absolutely. So we have free speech zones. We need to make all of the public areas of college campuses free speech zones. That's an important step. Uh, I also think, and this is some of what the University of Wisconsin has worked on, is that um, individuals that violate the free speech rights of others, particularly multiple offenders, they um, need to face consequences for violating free speech rights. And those can include suspension or expulsion, depending on the situation. I'll tell you what, they got a long road to hoe because they've allowed this to get out of control. Real quickly, where would my listeners go to to learn more about your organization? So for more information on the Goldwater Institute, you can go to goldwaterinstitute.org. For more on that issue as well as private school choice, you can visit heritage.org. All right, Heritage Foundation. I like those people.